But we will be turning to our scripture from Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to you, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where, your foot, where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You may be seated. Let's again come before the Lord. Heavenly Father, again we invite your presence in this time. I pray that you would anoint me with strength to <clears throat> deliver the message that you've laid on my heart. I pray that you would anoint our ears to hear what we need to hear this morning. I pray that each one, Lord, might be strengthened and build up through your spirit working and moving in our midst. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> I was doing some calculation and planning ahead, and if I did it correctly, I have seven Sundays to speak before the beginning of Advent. And so I decided to focus on some of the fears that are very real and present in our world and perhaps even among us. And as advertised in the bulletin, this morning we're going to be talking about terrorism and war. Not a particularly popular subject, and yet something very present, all too present in our world. Earlier this week, I was thinking about certain numbers and combinations of numbers that have a particular significance or meaning 
in our culture, and I don't think you have to be an accountant to figure these out. So I'm going to give you some numbers or number combinations, and you tell me what they mean. Okay, 2020. What's that? COVID. COVID. <laughs> that was not an answer I was expecting <laughs> at all. Okay, but yeah, I get it. Okay. 2020. Anybody else? Vision. Vision. Or a very old ABC News program with Barbara Walters, right? Okay. Nine to five. Nine to five. What's that mean? <laughs> I heard Dolly Parton. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. It's a song and an old movie by Dolly Parton. Yes, it is. Nine to five also usually refers to like you got an office cushy kind of job like that. Okay. All right. Five and ten or five and dime. Store. A not very expensive retail store. By the way, that's not to be confused with five to ten with time off for good behavior, which is a whole different, uh, whole different thing. Okay. 50-50. Equal, okay? An equal sharing of something or the raffle that we have at literally every football game where, and I don't do that, but I guess like half goes to the winner and, and half goes to the football program. At least that's what I, what I, okay. 24-7. Always, 24-7. Sometimes we add 365 on the end of that as well, but always, 24-7. Okay, what about 9-11? Okay, terrorists, yeah. We, we, we all know, some, some are younger that we don't know from experience, but a lot of us do from experience know what 9-11 means. We know what happened on September 11, 2001. We might we might struggle more to put into words exactly what that means and the impact that it's had. But it was a day that changed the view of our world and, and really the future of our world and certainly our country. It was one of those days where you may well remember exactly where you were when the news broke. It's a day that has left its mark. Before that, I think uh, our nation by and large felt immune to terrorism and those kinds of things. We felt that militarily we were strong enough that we didn't have to worry about that, that we were distanced far enough from places in the world where that was going on. And suddenly that all changed because we realized it could hit us where we are. It, it could be on our doorstep. It could, it could even have ramifications here in western Pennsylvania. So we declared, declared war on terrorism. We, we decided we were going to try to confront terrorists in their breeding grounds and, 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 and weed them out. It led to our military forces going first to Afghanistan and then Iraq, searching for terrorist leaders and, and weapons of mass destruction. And, and many young women and men lost their lives in both of those places. We, we won a war in Iraq, and yet we found ourselves trapped there in a, in a quagmire. We set up homeland security, and we tried to keep ourselves safe. We, have, we still have yellow, orange, and red levels of warning for possible terrorist activities. 
And of course, we go through increased security getting on airplanes, going through metal detectors, scans for traces of explosives. Our, our bags are x-rayed, perhaps even searched by hand. Our belts and our shoes are, are checked by airport security, also that we can fly the friendly skies. It's hard to remember how easy it once was to get on an airplane and fly somewhere. So our world has changed. And that's always frightening when we see our world changing around us. The Israelites were facing a changing situation in their world in the text that we just read. Moses, the, the greatest prophecy in their history, was dead. I mean, this was the man who, Mo, who God knew face to face. The man who did all those miraculous signs and wonders that God gave him to do in Egypt. The man who God used to part the Red Sea. The, the man who received the Ten Commandments from the very hand of God. The man who had interceded for the people and led them through the desert for 40 plus years was no longer there to lead them. And now they stood at the Jordan River looking across at a land which was described as flowing with milk and honey. But a land still inhabited by fierce warriors who had caused them to turn away the first time they had arrived there. So would they turn away again in fear or would they take hold of the promised land that God had for them? I think some things in their response or some things in the charge that was given to, to Joshua in this passage can help us as we consider many fears, including the fear of terrorism and war. As I said over the next few weeks, we'll talk, talk about a number of different fears, but I hope that in each one of these messages, there's something for you in whatever fear you may be facing in your own life. The first thing I think that's important in this passage is that we have to face up to reality. We have to face up to reality. The Lord wasted no time in, in putting before Joshua the reality. His first words to Joshua, Joshua were, Moses, my servant, is dead. Nothing was going to change that. So someone had to step up and, and take the reins, to take charge in Moses' absence. And of course, Joshua was the man that God had chosen. The ch situation on the other side of the Jordan River hadn't really changed either. There were still giant warriors in great walled cities, and it would take great battles and a lot of sacrifice to drive them out and to take the land. That was the reality that was facing the children of Israel. I think we need to face the reality that terrorism and war have become part of life in our world that affects each one of us. And it's not just foreign terrorism. It's the terrorism of, of violence in our schools and, and so many different places. In Matthew 24, Jesus said, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And scripture leads us to believe that as we approach the time of Jesus' return, that's only going to get worse. 
Paul wrote to Timothy about terrible times in days to come. He says, in fact, evil men and false teachers will become worse and worse, deceiving many, they themselves having been deceived by Satan. I think the rise of those who link war and murder with, re with religion and serving God is a sign of some of this deception. In, in 1998, um, Bin Laden and several other leaders signed something called the Jihad Against Jews and Crusaders. And it says, we, with God's help, call on every Muslim who believes in God and wishes to be rewarded to comply with God's order to kill the Americans and plunder their money wherever and whenever they find it. Of course, bin Laden is long gone, but others have risen to fill his place. And they are not alone, nor were they the first to express hatred in religious terms for those who stood in their way. Abraham Stern was a founder of a, Jewish, a secular Jewish terrorist group fighting for independence after World War II. And he wrote, like my father who carried his bag with a prayer shawl to the synagogue on the Sabbath, so I will carry my holy rifles in my bag to the prayer service of iron. Like my father who taught me to read in Torah, I will teach my, I will teach my pupils, stand to arms, kneel, shoot. Modern forces such as Boko Haram and ISIS have similar ideologies. I'd love to paint a much rosier picture of our world in terms of terrorism and war, but I don't think that would be realistic. So we need to face the reality that both are probably here to stay until Jesus returns. The second thing I think we need to remember is that God has given us a job to do. God has given us a job to do. Let's go back to Joshua there at the Jordan River for a moment. God said, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. You will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. The job that Moses had been given was to take the reins of leadership, to lead the Israelites across the Jordan River, past, past the fears that had haunted them and caused them to turn away 40 years earlier, to confront the object, objects of their fear, the giants in the land, and to take the land that God had promised to them. God has given us, as his followers today, a job to do as well, as, as little Christians, as followers of Christ. We are to make disciples of all nations. We are to take God's love and the message of salvation to our world, our, our friends, our communities, those in other lands, even our enemies. And we are to do that no matter what stands in our way. No, no matter what fears or obstacles present themselves. There are many facets to this job that God has given us. And to me, one of the toughest, especially as we think about terrorism and, and war and violence, is Jesus' commands, Jesus' command to love our enemies. I, am, I must admit, when, when I see these kinds of things going on, when, when I see those reports of, of things in the world, of, of public beheadings, and, and so on, 
the pain that's being inflicted, it's hard for me to look on those people with love. And yet, that's what God has commanded us to do. And that's not going to happen unless we allow God's love to first fill our hearts and if, unless we allow his spirit to work and move in us. That's part of the job, again, that God has given us to do. And we must not let fear or opposition in any form deter us from that work. God has commanded us to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. In fact, just to make sure that Joshua doesn't miss it, he repeated it three times. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. 7, be strong and very courageous. And number 9, have I not commanded, be strong and courageous. Strength and, and courage would be necessary for the Israelites as they moved into the land. It's necessary for us as well. Now you might say, I'd love to be strong and courageous. It would be a lot easier if I weren't so scared. And it would be a lot easier if our world was not so frightening. But courage is not the absence of fear, it's overcoming it. A person who, who performs some seemingly courageous act because he or she is completely oblivious to the danger is, is not really a hero. God was not telling Joshua, he's not telling you or I to mask the fear in our hearts or, or to ignore the dangers around us as we see things unfolding in our world. But he's telling us to live our lives for him and carry out the job he's given to do even in the face of that danger, even in the face of our fears. A hero is someone who fully recognizes the danger and despite fear, and despite terror in their heart, carries out an act of courage. Terrorism is aimed at disrupt, disrupting our way of life through the use of fear, hence, hence the name. R.C. Sproul, in his book, When Worlds Collide, writes this. Terrorism is a war of the mind designed to get to the nerves and the will. To terrorize people is to para paralyze them. <coughs> It is to cripple their economy, rob them of the joy of travel, and keep them ever frightened from performing the simplest acts of normal daily life, such as shopping, riding a bus, or eating in a restaurant. Even churches are no longer places of sanctuary, refuges from cold-blooded attacks. And we have had well-publicized attacks on churches over the past few years, which only help to document that statement. But if we allow these events to keep us from living out our faith, then the enemy has won a great battle. We need to do the work God has given us to do. We need to be strong and courageous. Where do we find the resources to do that? God has given us his word for our strength and protection. God has given us his word for our strength and protection. God told Joshua, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
Let's break that down a little bit. Meditate on the Word of God day and night. We've, we've talked a bit about this in, in weeks past. But take it with you through every part of your day. J.I. Packer writes this, Meditation is the activity of calling to mind, thinking on, dwelling on, and applying to oneself the various things one knows about the works and ways and purposes and promises of God. It is an activity of holy thought, consciously performed in the presence of God, under the eye of God, by the help of God, as a means of communication with God. There's a lot in there, but it's important that we meditate on the word that gives us strength. It needs to be the way that we communicate and talk with God throughout the course of the day, letting his word speak to us as we also spend time speaking to him. Packard concludes, it is indeed often a matter of arguing with oneself, reasoning with oneself, talking oneself out of moods and doubt and unbelief into a clear apprehension of God's power and God's grace. An equally important part of this passage is in order to receive the blessing of God's word, we must obey God's word. Along with the promises of salvation that we have in God's word are commands and teachings that we are called to obey. And we can't expect to experience the benefits of the one if we're not living out the responsibility to the others. Too often, people disregard the teachings of the Bible as to how we are to live and how we are to follow Christ. And then expect God to bail them out when, when their life goes south. Probably our greatest resource is that God has promised to be with us. As God gives Joshua this commission and, and commands him to be strong and courageous, he also gives him a great promise. He promises his constant, powerful, eternal presence. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. The giants who lived in that promised land, the fierce warriors in their walled city were impressive and formidable. But they would be no match for the Israelites. When the Israelites emptied, excuse me, when they entered the land accompanied by Jehovah God, those enemies would be destroyed and driven out. In the New Testament, Jesus told his disciples, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Paul told the Corinthians, we are use God's mighty weapons, not mere worldly weapons, to knock down the devil's strongholds. With these weapons, we break down every proud argument that keeps people from knowing God. With these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas and we teach them to obey Christ. Terrorism is a powerful tool of Satan, but we've been promised that even the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. They cannot stand before us. We have spiritual weapons. So if we're walking with Christ, and if we're doing his will, and we're living out his plan for our lives, terrorism and anything else cannot stand in our way. The Lord said, As I was with Moses, 
so I will be with you. Not sure we realize what a powerful phrase that is. Joshua had served as Moses' apprentice. He had seen, as perhaps no other man, how God was with him. He had seen Moses part the Red Sea. He was the commander of the army. When, when Moses raised arms, allowed the, the, the Israelite army to be victorious through God. He was on the mountain when Moses talked with God face to face. So can you imagine what it meant to hear, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. God has promised to us, his, his followers, the presence of his Holy Spirit to live in us, to empower us, to guide us, to comfort us, to show us things to come. So we too can talk with God in prayer. We too can experience him working and moving in our lives to accomplish great things. We too can experience a success that is far beyond our own. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He adds, I will never leave you or forsake you. God would be with Joshua for all his life and all of eternity. How awesome to me, how awesome to us, are the familiar words of Romans 8, 38 and 39. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. As I said, terrorism can be a, a powerful tool of Satan. But if neither Satan or even death itself can separate us from the love and the presence of God, why should we allow that fear to disrupt our lives? and our service for Christ. There's a story told about Rabbi Joseph Schneerson, a Hasidic leader during the early days of Russian communism. And he spent a lot of time in jail, persecuted for his faith. One morning in 1927, as he prayed in a Leningrad synagogue, secret police rushed in and arrested him. They took him to a police station and worked him over demanding that he give up his religious activities. He refused. So the interrogator put a gun in his face and said, this little toy has made many a man change his mind. And Rabbi Schneerson answered, this little toy can intimidate only the kind of man who has many gods but one world. Because I have only one god and two worlds, I am not impressed by this little toy. The rabbi understood that there is a spiritual world beyond this physical, this physical world that so occupies our mind. So he refused to be intimidated. He refused to be terrorized. I also had to think, terrorism and war are unknowns. We don't know where the next war will be. We don't know when the next terrorist will strike. We don't know any of those things. We don't even know the outcome of the wars going on now. But we have some very powerful knowns in which we can place our confidence. We have a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
We have the precious promises of his word that we've already talked about. We have the, the faithfulness of God to his people demonstrated over and over through many years down through the ages. We can confront the unknown with confidence in the known. And that can make all the difference in our lives. So how do we conquer the fear of terrorism and war? Let me repeat again verse 9 of our text. It provides an excellent summary. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Lord, as with Joshua, may we hear your call to be strong and courageous. May, be, may we be reminded of your unfailing, unending presence with us and your power to defeat all that we face. Help us to live boldly and strongly and fearlessly for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.